When we did find time, there was the question of how to spend it. For me, it was simple. I wanted Angelina all to myself, across a table in a restaurant or in my bed. If I could relive one moment of my life, it would be an evening in the courtyard of Jim's Greek Tavern, a ten-minute walk from my apartment, drinking BYO Cabernet Sauvignon out of glasses that might once have been Vegemite jars, and eating barbecued octopus and lamb kebabs, and the best whiting I've ever had. With the big mustachioed guy who welcomed us as a couple, and, of course, Angelina, dressed down in jeans, relaxed and laughing with me as I believe she did with no one else under the blue Australian sky, and a walk back to my apartment in lieu of dessert. Angelina loved those evenings too, but she also wanted to do things, see and discuss a film or play, or go to a wine tasting, hear a public lecture. Time with Angelina was precious, and I did not want to spend too much of it listening to the Socialist Alliance debating the role of women in the Marxist utopia. One day in late October, when we'd been seeing each other for about six weeks, she arrived at my flat unexpectedly, carrying an oversized handbag that she proceeded to unload on the kitchen bench. Pasta, vegetables, bread, cheese, and a bottle of red. Singing teacher cancelled... I'm going to cook dinner for us. As I uncorked the wine, she added, I hope you realise how special this is. I had cooked meals a couple of times after we were famished from spending all day in bed, but not in the mood to go out. It was not as if this was the first occasion that we dined in. She elaborated, I never, I mean never, did this for Richard. He did the cooking? The first time I made dinner, the very first time, right after we got back from our honeymoon, I screwed it up totally. My mum did all the cooking at home and I had a big sister. I'd never lived by myself. I know, spoiled brat. Your mother didn't work? Not after she had children. I rang her up and asked her how to get the peel out of the mashed potatoes. The pureed potatoes. You're kidding me. We were both laughing. Richard didn't think it was funny. He thought I was unbelievably stupid, which I was. I really can't believe I did that, but I was trying to cook three different vegetables at once and not overcook the meat, which happened anyway while I rang Mum. So I said to Richard, Your turn tomorrow then. And he said, No, I've got to study for my bar exams. I earn more than you. You do the cooking. And I said basically, No, I'm working and studying too and I earn just about as much as you do, which is only true as long as I've got a job on Mornington Police, which I won't have if I'm trying to work a second job as your servant. So who ended up cooking? Neither of us. We got takeaway or frozen dinners or ate out. I didn't clean either. We ate off paper plates, plastic cutlery, until Richard caved in and we got a cleaning lady. That's what it's like being married to me. As she put a full packet of spaghetti into cold water, she added, Funny, back when I first got together with Richard, I was really looking forward to doing this. It may have been the worst pasta I had ever eaten, but it was followed by some of the best sex I could have imagined. I was in a fortunate position in that arena, thanks to Richard being Angelina's reference point. I had the experience of being in a long-term relationship and a couple of girlfriends before that, I was no sexual athlete, but I did know that the idea was for the other party to enjoy it too. 
It still took a while to get sorted. I was not surprised. Angelina had had more than a year of being told she was no good. The effort I put into making it better probably did more for our relationship, the relationship we weren't supposed to be having, than instant success would have. In the end, it was Angelina who found the metaphorical key. I had the literal key. It was after midnight. We'd seen a play in Carlton and were walking back through the exhibition gardens. Angelina was analysing the performance as she always did. We call it the fourth wall, and when the playwright chooses to break it and acknowledge the presence of the audience as voyeurs, she broke off to watch a possum scaling a tree, then spoke into the darkness. Remember the night you asked me out? When Shanksy had gone home and it was just us in the bar? Vaguely. Do you ever think...